Welcome back to Maritime Health and Performance Chat, where today's episode really provides you some food for thought. Today's guest is Morgan King. So Morgan is currently doing her master's uh, in dietetics. Uh, she is working in a placement as well, but uh, don't let me take up your time. I'll let her explain more of that to you uh, right now. So Morgan, turn the uh, conch over to you. Thanks, Matt, for the introduction. Yeah, so Matt is right. I am doing my currently my master's in nutrition and dietetics at Mount St. Vincent University. Um, and I am going to become a registered dietitian to be. So part of that program, I actually have to do internships and rotations in order to achieve like competencies at the moment. Um, what else basically? I've, that's pretty much what I've been up to. I just finished my second placement um, with Angela DeVore at the Sports Center and her own business of Nutrition in Action, but it was just kind of a, a different environment, especially with like the pandemic going on. Yeah, of course. So you mentioned you just finished up your second placement there. So what kind of populations are you working with? So the populations that we've been working with right now, uh, or where I was working with, was athletes and elite Olympic. And we were working with elite Canadian athletes um, of all levels. And Angela also works with provincial level athletes um, in the community in uh, the Atlantic bubble area. Awesome. So you guys got your, uh, you know, connected to a lot of different uh, a lot of different areas within uh, sport and health um, so I know a lot of people that kind of get into the health field generally have some sort of background uh, whether it be through um, athletics academics any sort of profession uh, do you want to give us kind of a bit of your background and how you sort of got to this point yeah of course so I've always loved sports so I have a major sports background um, I used to play high-level soccer in BC and I also played basketball um, so throughout my life I've just kind of played different sports and when I hit university I ended up playing club rugby um, and I did premier a women's soccer for one summer but now like obviously I'm just doing stuff recreationally so I just do skiing and rock climbing which is my passions right now and because I had such a great like passion for sports I've always just wanted to be involved and I thought that would be my ideal dream job is like working with athletes and sports and of not just like elite level but like of all like levels of sport and activity because I think everybody should have the opportunity or need some nutritional advice on that area. That's an excellent point. I know for me personally, doing an undergrad in KIN and, and a master's now in KIN, um, I found my nutrition knowledge side of things was terrible. That being said, I also have absolutely zero self-control when it comes to uh, good foods and, or, you know, not good food, but uh, maybe some calorie dense foods and, and things that might not exactly align with my with my fitness goals. So what I'm getting at is, you know, nutrition is something I think that th there's so much that goes into it. And other than, you know, nutritionists and our, you know, uh, registered dietitians and whatnot, there's not a whole lot of people that kind of contain that knowledge. So, I mean, is there any kind of, kind of advice you would like to give to people as far as on the nutrition side of things? Any little nuggets of wisdom? Yeah, well, first of all, when you say like about nutrient dense and stuff like that, we like to try to refrain from labeling foods as like negative or bad or good. Like they're all foods and they all have like a place in your diet. I mean, obviously there are foods that will help you more optimally train. And that comes with like time and knowledge and specifically nutrition timing um, with certain macronutrients for that area. But uh, you're right though, <laughs> with kinesiology, you don't quite get a lot of knowledge unless like you decide to take some nutrition courses. And usually that just kind of gives you the slight basics of nutrition, whereas like 
I've actually been studying this for quite a while now. Like I did my undergrad in nutrition and that was four years of nutrition knowledge. And, and now I'm doing a master's of three, will be three years probably now. So I'd like to, I'd like to hope that I'm well versed in that area. Yeah. Who said masters take two years? Oh, as I finished up my third. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you nailed it right on the head there that we have such a predisposition to label foods good and bad, like pizza is bad and cabbage is good kind of thing, right? I, I think a lot of people get stuck in that. And that's where I know personally I have fell into kind of some pitfalls in dieting where, you know, I'll say, oh, I had a bad food today or I had a bad meal. Um, and, and then I'll just let that kind of spiral. It'll take me a day or, or even a couple days, a couple weeks. Um, out of my current plan and sometimes might even put me back to square one. I think that's just such an amazing point to touch on that. There really is no bad foods. There's just, like you said, foods that will optimize your goals, whether it be weight loss or gain, athletic performance, and so on. Moving on to kind of uh, last couple parts of this uh, interview here, what do you feel that you're doing different to stand out and get ahead in your field? Um, I mean, I'd love if you talked a bit about your, your master's research too, because that's some really interesting stuff if you're, if you're able to, or, and then anything else you've been able to do or any other experience you've been able to gain throughout your, your placements in your master's. Yeah. So as for my master's right now, I'm currently researching on the effects of partial and full replacement of wheat flour with lentil flour in snack bars with young, healthy men. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> But that's the title of it. Basically, in short, I've made granola bars of lentil and wheat flour, and I am seeing the effects of satiety and appetite and food intake in young men. So the kind of theory behind it is that the protein content and the fiber content of lentil flour actually will have a little bit more satiating effects than the wheat flour. And that has some great implications. I mean, on, on weight loss, I know I try to get some very uh, protein dense meals into me when I'm starting to feel really hungry. Cause as, as you mentioned that, that satiety effect is higher uh, in protein. And I guess there would be implications too, for maybe uh, anyone that's wheat sensitive, like celiac or, or gluten sensitive or intolerant yes. that would, um, you know, that could benefit from getting uh, protein or, or, you know, a nice little snack like granola bar from a, from an alternate source. Yeah, that's a great point, Matt. That's exactly what we could do with that kind of snack bar. But, and as uh, for other experiences, like I was very lucky to be honest, like I was working with Angela DeFore for a year unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> so basically I ended up doing back-to-back -back placements. So I worked in a community placement with her and then we did an administrative placement. Um, so I basically worked with elite athletes for an entire year, partially virtually. And then as before the pandemic hit, I was at the sports center. So I was actually interacting and kind of talking interdisciplinary and in that area, which was quite nice, but she just gave me so much experience, to be honest. Like she is well-versed and she actually, um, she actually owns her own business. She works at the sports center. Um, she also works for the Canadian Olympic committee as well. So that's some great experience that we had. So um, I find that with any profession, that's all about connections and actually like connecting with your preceptors, your clients, or anybody pretty much in your field is kind of like how you get ahead in your career. It's all about knowing people, getting to know them well, 
and that's kind of pushes you forward um, in the community that, where you want to go towards. Yeah, it's definitely really important to network as you go through whatever kind of positions you're in, especially with you working towards getting your registered dietitian, where you have all of your internships and so many opportunities to network with potential future employers or networking with people that have experience in the field that maybe will kind of, based on their experience, maybe what they're doing isn't for you and will move you into a different aspect or discipline within the field. But networking is such an important aspect at any level of, of one's career, whether it be professional, academic, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like you're connecting with like, not only like with the dietetics, but you're also connecting with strength and conditioning coaches, physio, ATs. Um, so it's really important in the sports field to actually make those connections. Um, mostly because you have to work as a team, right? Like it's not just you on your own with the client that base that you have, but you got to work together to make the best performance for those athletes. Yeah, exactly. Like in a perfect world, maybe as a dietitian, you would want someone eating foods, ABC and eating them, you know, four to five times a day at these times. But then you go over to their, their coach and say, Oh, actually we have practices at these times. And uh, we want the athlete to try to make, say, if, you know, maybe it's the weight, weight class sport, you know, say we want the athlete to be in this weight category. Then you got to change stuff up a bit. And then, you know, you go to the athlete and say, Hey, my goal is to be stronger. So then you have to kind of coordinate with the strength conditioning professional with their coach who's running their practices. And then also, try to find the best sort of diet plan and nutrient sort of profiles that work for them. So, I mean, there's going to be so many different kind of aspects that go into the planning for that athlete that having that experience and being able to have networked with other professionals will give you kind of a better understanding of the place that the, say the coach, the strength conditioning coach or the psychologist or whoever is coming from to allow you to kind of best tailor your plans on the diet side and nutrition side of things for an athlete or for a client based on all these other factors. Yeah, and exactly. And then you're well known within that group of people that they're going to recommend you more so um, than other clients. Yeah, exactly. So not only do you kind of get the experience and the learning, but you then do your networking by generating some business for yourself and whatnot. Yeah. So I honestly, overall, if anything, I feel like networking is probably the most underrated thing that people just like take for granted. Like everybody can get like a degree, everybody can get educated on a certain thing, but it's really important to have that people connection. All right, Morgan. So one of the other questions we like to ask our guests is how has the current global pandemic affected you and your work and what sort of modifications and considerations have you had to make to continue your schooling, to continue providing a service to your clients and your internships and anything like that? So it's like a lot of it's been like online. So we did a lot of Zoom calls with clients, business meetings, um, when I was promoting with like California prunes, then we were doing our meetings with that as well. And a lot of the stuff, to be honest, I was on an administrative uh, placement. And so I was doing a lot more paperwork and more ordering of food and stuff like that. Um, and also making documents and, uh, for towards like certain sporting events. So one of the projects that I ended up working with was making food provisions for a large sporting event in which you can keep athletes safe during the dining hall experiences at these major events. That's such a large scale project though. I know you were saying you were more so on the administrative side and I guess that's probably more kind of policy and procedure. 
Yeah, exactly. It's more policies um, and less on like the client one-on-one space. So I'm not necessarily doing direct like changes to like athletes' diets and stuff like that. That's more client-based. Administrative is more overarching like food services and like you said, policies um, to make things like safe for like major games or the... um, the Olympics or whatever those like major sporting events, like dietitians also have a role of making sure like the menus are okay for the athletes to eat at those games. We also kind of do revisions and provisions um, to make sure that the food is safe. Yeah. I mean, especially during, well, the global pandemic, like having those extra considerations, those extra kind of uh, things you need to take into consideration when you're putting together menus, when you're putting together how the food's going to be delivered to athletes, how many people are even going to be able to sit in one area and eat, how many people are going to be able to be around one area and cook and eat, uh, cook the food or serve the food, right? Like there's so many considerations above and beyond the usual for things like a major games, like an Olympic games or a Pan Am games or anything like that. This is these athletes' lifeblood. And for most of these people, it's essentially their career, their livelihood doing these sports. So, I mean, you would really get get in trouble. There'd be some red flags there if they show up and they didn't have the proper food at least offered or at least have some options based on their training regime, their their diet plan, any nutritional restrictions, right? Like that's such um, important sort of behind the scenes work. Cause I mean, if that's not all in place, then the games can't go on, right? Or or there's heightened risk of transmission of COVID or of even just a cold or, or a regular flu within, you know, an athlete's village or something. You You would think that the food services side of things would always have to be cognizant of this in order to mitigate any sort of spread of anything keeping athletes as healthy as possible let alone during a global pandemic yeah exactly it starts to get complicated like you end up getting spread through like services or even interactions with people and like you said athletes are going to have very strict rules in which they like to eat and so if you don't provide those modifications or options for these athletes to eat these food then that's going to throw off all of like their events or sporting games and which then will create less of a optimal performance for them so it actually is an interesting and quite an important part when it comes to these games and interestingly dietitians just have a little bit of input um most of the time these events are quite uh, catered and hired through a different company to feed these athletes and so the dietitians just go in and look at the menu and then they provide feedback to these catering companies to revise and provide for these athletes Right on. Well, I mean, going back to sort of what you said helps you stand out that sort of networking side of things. This, this line of work probably gave you an opportunity to network with a lot of the different areas that a registered dietitian would be working with being the actual catering services, probably the governing sport bodies, the, the uh, national sport body of wherever these major games are being held, all the different kind of contract workers that you would sort of have to work in collaboration with to make sure the, the proper food is getting served in, in the right way and whatnot. Like there's probably a lot of that networking that gets done just in this little niche of that kind of policy sort of admin side of things. Yeah, exactly. It's it's actually quite surprising of like what dietitians do. Like a lot of people just think that we're in the hospital and we just give them food, but uh, 
Now we do actually quite a bit more with the uh, dietetics. We do all these policy things. And like you said, networking with like food services. And there's a lot of niche, niche areas in which uh, a dietitian can do. Operating in the background in the shadows, slowly creating the hostile takeover of registered dietitians. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, don't want to keep you too long. Just uh, anything you'd like to add or highlight? Any, any, anything you want to plug? Projects or programs or other people? Social media? Anything? This is a. Uh, the floor is yours. The floor is mine. Yeah, there's just a couple. Obviously, I think earlier I mentioned Angela DeFore. Um, she's a sports dietitian, and she is an amazing. Uh, preceptor and registered dietitian. So she has got her own Instagram, which is Dietitian Before. So she's fantastic. You should follow her on that. Um, and then the two of us actually, part of the projects and programs we did was the California Prunes Ambassador Program. So part of my work was actually working with that company and actually promoting prunes. So I'm a lentil and prune girl, I guess. Well, everyone's got to find their niche somewhere, right? There's you need that That's, supply and demand to start uh, start establishing yourself. <laughs> yeah, guess so. But I think that's everything for me other than my projects um, for my food intake research and still looking for participants there, to be honest. And of course, you can always follow me too. Like I have my own uh, Instagram that I'm actually starting to ramp up and kind of gear more towards sports nutrition, which is going to be King's Sports Nutrition Foods. On, so on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much, Morgan. And we'll link all those uh, Instagram and, and anything else that you might think of after you can send to me. We'll link that just in the, in the description below the video. So anyone can easily go and, uh, and find you and Angela before and keep an eye out on these awesome, awesome projects that, that you've been a part of and, and, you know, see your progression as you become a full fledged uh, registered dietitian. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Matt. No problem. Thanks so much, Morgan.